Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And my guest today is Nina Narang. Nina is a licensed social worker as well as a primary therapist at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health in Hamilton, New Jersey. Today, Nina and I discuss different challenges that LGBT youth are currently facing and what impact that can have on their mental health. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and find it helpful. All right, Nina, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, And usually the first thing I like to do is just have um, the guest introduce themselves to the audience. So can you just tell people who you are and what you do for Princeton House? Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Nina Narung. I am an LSW. I work at the Hamilton outpatient site um, as a primary therapist. Um, I work mainly with adolescents. Awesome. Um, and what got you like interested in working with that population? Uh, honestly, it was a series of happenstance. Uh, um, uh-huh. when, I, when I had first uh, gone into grad school, I had the intention of, you know, in thinking about which population should I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had wanted to work with uh, LGBTQ plus youth or rather LGBTQ plus people. Mm -hmm. And my placements kept kind of taking me to the adolescent population. And that's, that's how I found myself at, uh, you know, at kind of the site where I'm at now. Awesome. And what made you want to get, uh, what made you want to start working with LGBTQ youth or LGBTQ people? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I myself am part of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, being, you know, a member of the LGBT community, I, you know, had the experience growing up in which I really didn't see like adults or people like me. Um, I didn't see that it modeled that you could be a healthy, functional person and also be part of this community. Um, And there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of very, you know, sort of complicated reasons for that. But, Mm. um, you know, as I was kind of coming to my field in which, you know, I'm a trans social worker, um, for for me, I really wanted to support this community and also just represent this community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was very very important to me, especially you know as I went through grad school and I was learning more more academically what was corresponding to my lived understanding, which was how vulnerable of a population this was as well. Sure. Um, you know, I felt very compelled to get involved um, and try to help. Um, what I would really identify as a very uh, vulnerable community. Mm-hmm. When you say vulnerable, like how how so? How are they more vulnerable than like another any other population? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, so in terms of in terms of like let's say, you know, sort of like a non-standard or non non cis or non straight, you know, gender or sexual identity. A lot of the times, um, you see folks experiencing, um, you know, we have this concept of minority stress, right? So um, mm-hmm. this is when a particular population is just kind of has like the background static of stress that they are experiencing. We know that that affects uh, their health outcomes, sure. including physical, mental health um, for LGBTQ 
people. Um, you know, this is kind of like an added layer that goes on top of other things that they, other stressors that they, they may be experiencing, mm -hmm. um, whether that is, you know, one of class or race or ability. It, uh, it kind of transcends any, any of those dimensions. Mm -hmm. So there is, there is that. Um, there's also the lived reality of the LGBTQ plus population, right, which oftentimes includes um, various kinds of discrimination that are, can either be, you know, over or covert. Mm -hmm. um, so that can come across in terms of job opportunities, in terms of housing, in terms of medical bias, um, in terms of you know, any number of things. Um, I think as we look at, you know, I, I won't get too like political with it, but, um, you know, if we look at sort of recent um, sort of legislative pushes around this community mm -hmm. in the country right now, um, you know, there's a lot to be worried about and that, that kind of stress would affect, would affect any population uh, adversely. I think we can talk about those things. We don't necessarily have to get political with it, but we can talk about like what, what exactly certain states are trying to pass and why that would be worrisome or affect the mental health of the LGBTQ community. Because, I mean, it's real. So when you're talking about that, like, what specifically are you talking about? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think the most prominent current example I can sort of point to is um, legislation in Florida. Um, you know, they have... Uh, what's called uh, the don't say gay ban mm, right now, mm -hmm. um, which is impacting um, essentially the uh, the education system mm -hmm. um, for uh, K through 12. And I believe it's also impacting like, higher education as well in the state. They're, they're essentially identifying that the presence of homosexuality just as, as an identity, as like a, a factual thing that exists, mm -hmm. um, simply being acknowledged or recognized uh, as like a legitimate real thing is somehow influencing um, youth and influencing communities adversely mm. or like influ influencing them to uh, either be more sympathetic or I, I suppose like more open to these uh, populations. So as a result, what's happening is uh, curriculum uh, is getting changed. Um, you know, you're having, you're, you're essentially what they're seeing is an increase of anti-LGBT uh, sentiments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this has resulted, actually, interestingly enough, this has resulted in a little bit of a sort of turf war with Disney, which is, you know, of course, based out of Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and which is, you know, obviously a, one of the largest corporations that exists, mm -hmm. um, which has been at least publicly very pro-LGBT in their messaging. So it's kind of resulted in some conflicts around, you know, this this mega business that is part of Florida, a huge part of Florida's economy versus a sort of political rhetoric um, and a social rhetoric uh, that's making, trying to essentially make this community invisible. I know members of the community, um, friends of mine, fam you know, folks I would consider family who are trans, they are uh, gender non-conforming and they you know, have expressed to me, you know, I don't feel safe or comfortable like vacationing in Florida anymore or possibly going to certain parts of the country because of, you know, what most of us are perceiving is an increase in violence 
uh, towards members of the community. If you have, you know, if you have, you know, healthy functioning adults who are contributing members to society, you know, just normal everyday folks who are trying to, you know, do something as simple as use a public restroom and they're not able to do that. And in fact, they're afraid of receiving violence by virtue of that. There's no way to perceive that other than like a very aggressive policy, a very aggressive state policy. And it contributes to an overall sort of culture that unfortunately can be, unfortunately is very pervasive Mm -hmm. um, and significantly affects uh, obviously, you know, the mental health and physical health and safety of not only the people in Florida, but people in a much wider arena that impacts people here in New Jersey, you know, that absolutely, particularly at the level of care that we see at the outpatient, um, our outpatient facilities, um, when we have folks who are um, arguably at some of the most vulnerable points in their lives, you know, they're here receiving intensive therapeutic assistance and care. Um, They may, by, you know, no fault of their own, by just the simple circumstances of, of life, Um, They may be really in a a place of crisis um, and to be perceiving, you know, to to be so, to be so escalated by perceiving an unkindness built into policy and then to have that really like legitimized and written into law. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, they're, they're accurately responding in some ways to their environment around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very difficult to manage the trauma of that, frankly. I would imagine, and, you know, you're talking to a uh, straight white guy, so um, (laughs) so I could totally say something ignorant, and you can just correct me if that happens. No worries, yeah. But I would imagine that is, like, this real, all this really contributes to, like, that feeling of being, like, the other, right? Like, um, and just sort of having something like that signed into law would contribute to this feeling of like, you know, I'm different or people don't understand me or even people hate me. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, obviously that is going to have an effect on a person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know, you know, even just from, um, you know, from my clinical experiences working with um, working, you know, with primarily adolescents who fall Mm -hmm. in this community, but um you know, in those experiences, I've seen, you know, youth who are terrified of coming out mm-hmm. um, and plan to, in fact, never come out. A lot of these kids come into, you know, our offices with, you know, clinical depression, hopelessness. They, you know, cannot, they cannot see their life as particularly worth living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is a huge, obviously a huge problem. And for them, you know, part of it is that they can't see a way forward um, mm-hmm. with who they are or who they are afraid that they are, you know, kind of meeting their family environments, their social environments. They cannot see these things as compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how unfortunate is it that, you know, the messaging that they're receiving from from their environment really just confirms a lot of that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I did uh, a series of podcasts with Nicole Glover a while ago about um, racial trauma. And obviously, I think there are going to be some intersections here uh, with that. But 
I think it all kind of ties into that idea of like that and she and I spoke about this, but like that hopeless feeling or like that are things ever really going to change feeling or, um, you know, I'm just trying to be who and what I am. And, you know, I have sort of all these other factors that are making me maybe scared to do that or, you know, I have to feel like a sense of danger just um, for being myself. I just can't imagine being a kid in those shoes and how tough that must be. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely very scary. Um, Mm. You know, it makes it challenging. Part of what we, part of what we know though, you know, is that it, it doesn't have to be hopeless, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, part of, you know, as I mentioned before, part of why I joined this field was because, you know, I have the benefit of not only having an interest in this and a you know willingness to to do the work and to mm-hmm. to contribute and and have the conversations that need having but um i just by being myself and being visibly you know who i am um i am able to demonstrate you know in real life in real time that like hey you know you could you you can exist exactly as you are um yes and that is that's really meaningful. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to kind of hear it, but it's another thing to see it and, intera- and interact with it. Right. Um, and that's, that's something that I try to take, um, very seriously. I see that mm-hmm. as a, as a responsibility I try to take very seriously. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. It's like, um, you need to see positive examples of your own community thriving. And it sounds like that's something that you're really trying to provide for the kids. There, there are other benefits as well. I mean, are there other, um, areas of of strength as well that the community has Mm -hmm. um at this current sort of historic time that you know that also kind of bodes well for kids too more now than ever there are so many visible people you know not only like myself but also you know we have public figures we have celebrities Mm -hmm. we have a lot of positive messaging around um lgbt identities um in a way that can you know i i suspect have a demonstrably effective sort of protective factor right yes for for some of these kids it's just so striking that like we live in a time where i think there's a lot more acceptance uh, than there's ever been uh Mm -hmm. but also there's deep deep hatred and like uh misunderstanding and fear uh on the other side of things it's like it's striking you know you know in some ways i think it's in some ways i think it's a pattern that um, you know, we can see sort of historically in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a fan of history myself and, oh, cool. you know, part of, a part of this just kind of makes me think about, um, you know, how there's, there's always been, you know, discrimination against, um, you know, my, let's say like sexual or gender minority, or, you know, I know you brought up the example previously of racial minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always been, um, significant, visible shows of, of of oppression um and that being said uh you're right it does kind of when we you know when we see visual representations of that kind of adversity it does inspire a similarly mm. powerful mm-hmm. kind of pushback absolutely yes um and as we as we know you know from from our perspective as as mental health clinicians, you know, what we know is that individuals and communities a lot of the time are going to see themselves as, 
you know, the heroes of their own story. Um, and that goes for, you know, I'm not one to kind of ever really entertain like a both sides sort of situation, but, <laughs> uh -huh. um, I know exactly know, where you're going. Go ahead. Say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, while we are in some way, you know, we identify progress and acceptance and tolerance as, you know, this is the way forward. This is kind of our sort of rallying cry, uh, for a lot of folks who are pushing back against that, they are telling themselves the exact same of thing, course, just right. in a different way. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, it's such a good point.